Welcome to this edition of the Nerdy on Your Mind podcast, focusing this time on e-commerce. My name is Anne Ulriksen, and with me today are three colleagues in Nerd Day Research, who this week published the report, E-commerce, the show must go on. So Johan Trachmeier is Director of Thematic Research, and Associates Victor Sonnebeck and Philip Rangbey are with me. So Johan, the title of the report published 18 months ago was pretty gloomy. What, have, what did we see then? Yeah, that, that's a fair point. And we have uh, sometimes with our Nodia on your mind reports uh, had sort of accusations in a friendly way from colleagues that we have something of a Dr. Doom profile in, in, in choosing those titles for the reports, which I guess is a consequence of wanting to uh, lure readers into what could be exciting stories with, with a good entertainment value. But there was, uh, I think we would argue, a very good reason for choosing a title like The Retail Apocalypse, which is the very, very rapid and and powerful migration of consumers uh, to do more and more shopping online. And and, and the focus of the report that we put out in November 2018, uh, sorry, November 2017, uh, was to home in on what does this mean for the retail industry? What does this mean for retailers? Uh, They needed to find a way to be relevant in the future where this trend has gone even further. Uh, So we looked at it from the retailer perspective. If you have a lot of physical stores which are not being visited as much by consumers as in the past, and also actually from a a real estate angle where if you are an owner of shopping centers, what does this mean for who will be your tenants in the future? Uh, Who's going to fill that retail floor space uh, if we see this change uh, continuing? And now you're out with The Show Must Go On. Uh, What have you looked at in this one? Exactly. This time we wanted to revisit the topic since it's been very, very eventful in the retail space in the 18 months since we last published in the On Your Mind report. And we wanted to do a new checkup and see where are things today and what the prospects look like. Uh, and we also wanted to, to add uh, an additional perspective. So apart from updating our view and, and try to describe how we see the outlook with a very, very convincing case for continued online migration uh, of retail sales in the years ahead. Uh, We've also chosen to take a more specific look at food retail, which is one area where penetration is at the moment still very low, but where a lot is happening. And Philip has had a a close look and done a lot of work in uh, seeing uh, more closely what's happening there. Uh, And we've also uh, tried to just at least highlight the dimension that e-commerce is not only strictly about retail sales, but also other business areas which are being digitalized. And in the report, one area we highlight as an example of that is gaming, uh, which is also seeing a very powerful online migration. But turning to Victor, how would you summarize e-commerce today? I I would summarize it as having seen a pretty outstanding growth uh, in recent years. And if we start by by looking at at the Nordics, uh, which is our home home turf, uh, we have seen over the last uh, seven or eight years or so uh, an annual growth of the e-commerce market of uh, around 11%. And to put this in in somewhat of a wider perspective, we have seen the same kind of development in in Europe. And in the US, we've actually seen an even uh, even sharper increase uh, in the e-commerce space of around 17% uh, annually. And what this means uh, as of where we are today, uh, we see that the online share of retail sales, if we look to the Nordics, is around 10%. Meaning that with this growth that we just described, it's doubled since 2011. And to put this in context as well, we see that the US are on similar levels, around 10% as well, 
with Europe as a whole uh, lagging actually significantly behind. And that is much due to the spread that we see or, or the differences between the European countries, uh, where we see some European countries being being the leaders uh, in adopting uh, e-commerce, uh, whereas some other areas are lagging far behind. And uh, if we look uh, a bit closer into the Nordics, uh, we see that Sweden together with uh, Denmark are clear leaders in this area, uh, being, being further along the, along the way of adopting uh, online retail uh, compared to, for example, Norway, uh, which is a bit behind. Uh, but most of all, we can say here that uh, that we have, have a clear lead of Sweden and Denmark and, and then Finland lagging uh, somewhat behind the rest of the Nordics. And what do you think explains those differences? We have seen in the Nordics that we have quite a, quite a large uh, penetration of, of smartphones, for example, uh, or mobile internet. And if we look at the differences between the countries, we see that it's almost the exact same picture uh, as we see in the e-commerce. So we see that for those countries in the Nordics that are leading in terms of, of mobile internet penetration or smartphone penetration, uh, they are also the leading countries uh, when it comes to, to online retail. Uh, so for example, Finland being, be, being the, the country in the Nordics with the lowest online penetration of, of retail sales, we also see that the, it, it's the same case there when it comes to, to smartphone penetration and mobile internet. Uh, and I just want to state as well that, that this market today in the Nordics uh, is around the size of 22 billion euros. And remember that we've seen this share of the total retail double in, in just about six or seven years. So imagine if we continue this journey going forward. Uh, we're in for quite the ride. Surely a pretty interesting investment story. So, so turning to you, Johan, what are investors saying and doing in this space? Yeah, that's an interesting one because what we did to an extent in the previous e-commerce report and what we have done to a great extent in this report is to just look at it from the point of view, what can we see in the capital markets? What are the capital markets telling us about how investors uh, price in different prospects for different types of, of retailers? And it's a very, very clear pattern. And just I realize this is going to sound like an attempt to justify having a Dr. Doom style title for the previous report. Uh, but, but to be fair to that title, since we published that report 18 months ago, Nordic retailers, listed retailers, have seen uh, their total market cap uh, fall by something like 17%. So that's a minus 17% performance over an 18-month period, which is not exactly great. A longer perspective, and look more widely internationally, there is an even more staggering difference if we split up retailers which are listed across the world into different categories, where we can see that the, the three categories that have done really well are online retailers, luxury retailers, and discounters. And the category that has done very poorly is traditional physical store-based retailers. And taking the two most extreme ones, the, the online bunch have, have performed 250% since 2011, whereas the physical store-based retailers, the traditional retailers, have done minus 50%. And, and what does this mean for uh, credit ratings and, and credit exposure? Surely, surely this is not happening in, a, happening in isolation. No, of course. And, and, and we have tried to cover that angle too by looking at uh, some sort of, of gauge of what the credit market is saying as well, in which uh, in this case is, is uh, looking at retailers in Europe and in the US which have an S&P rating. Uh, and looking at the composition of ratings, the mix of ratings that those rated retailers have in aggregate, 
it is a very, very clear pattern, both in the US and in Europe, if we look back for the past six, seven years, that that mix has, has clearly deteriorated. And we have seen the most extreme examples of it with uh, some retailer high-profile bankruptcies in, in, in the past two or three years as well. Uh, here in the Nordics, the, the two obvious ones are, are uh, JC in Sweden and, and also Top Toy, uh, the parent company uh, running the uh, uh, Toys R Us and the BR uh, toy store chains in the Nordics. And we talked a little bit uh, about uh, what has made the Nordics uh, Nordics different uh, in this context, but what would you say have been sort of the overall key drivers, uh, Victor? Uh, so, so what we've seen over the, the last seven or so years is online retail growing by about 10 times as much as total retail. And when looking through all of this data, trying to find, you know, what, what can we say have, uh, have been the key drivers here, we found something that I think a lot of us can relate to, which is looking at the statistics in, in when it comes to smartphone penetration. Because online retail, it's, it's experienced its boom and bust cycle almost once or once and a half uh, times over. Uh, and we can see online retail picking up uh, quite substantially around 2010, at least in the Nordic region. And what has happened in the same time space uh, is that we've seen the emergence of the smartphone. So we've seen people being able to be connected uh, pretty much anywhere and at any time. Because if we look back to 2010, uh, there wasn't really this, this increase in people being connected to the, to the internet overall, uh, or, or even that internet has become that much faster, at least in terms of, of being able to cater for these uh, online uh, retailers, because that had already happened before. But develop the development we have seen is, is mainly in terms of people being able to be connected uh, pretty much at all time and no ma- matter where they are. And where do you see it going from here? So if we look at this, in, in, you, you can say in, in two ways. So we have one behavioral aspect, which is just uh, basically, do we see this trend of people changing their, their consumption behavior? Uh, do we see that continuing? Uh, and I, I think most, most of us would agree that, yes, that's probably the most likely scenario. Uh, that people of all ages start or, or continue to, uh, to adapt their behavior, continue to, to find new ways of, uh, of consuming. Uh, and the other aspect of this, which, which is really interesting, is if we just look towards uh, the demographic profile of the Nordics. Uh, so if, if we look to that, what we find is that, uh, and as many might expect, that the, the younger generations are, uh, are more likely to, to be shopping online. Uh, and there are different data sources for this, but, but uh, in general we, we see the trend of, uh, of the younger generation, we can say between 20-year-olds to 49-year-olds uh, being the kind of driving force behind this, uh, this online shopping adoption. Uh, and if we look to, to the demographic side, uh, we see that this, this cohort of, uh, of uh, people are almost 50% uh, of, uh, of the Nordic demographics, uh, meaning that as these, uh, these age groups get older, uh, what will happen is that they will increase uh, their disposable income. Uh, so, so, so they will get more money to be able to spend, uh, spend uh, as, as a consumer. Uh, and since their share of online retail is higher, uh, this has the potential of increasing the market, just purely from a demographic point of view, by almost 40%. But Philip, if we try to narrow this down a little bit more, what are some of the examples of the most interesting sectors in this context? 
Yeah, so one example that Yuan uh, briefly mentioned uh, at the start here was uh, online food retail or online grocery shopping. And, and for us, that's actually one of the most interesting segments that we've seen, uh, seen happening today. And it's still relatively unexplored as well. If we look at the Nordics, the online share of total grocery shopping corresponds to just about 1.5%. And this can be compared to a total retail, uh, the online share for total retail, which is equal to about 10% or 12% in certain Nordic countries. So clearly online grocery shopping is, is far from online uh, levels in other segments, for example, in, in fashion or electronics. And before we delve a bit deeper into, into some more figures, it's, it's important to note why grocery shopping might be lagging. And there, there are primarily two features of, of, of groceries that, that make this a bit more cumbersome to bring online. First, uh, grocery shopping entails a range of different products uh, which require a, a diverse environment. Some, some need to be frozen and some need to be warm. So that makes the delivery process quite, uh, quite cumbersome. And, uh, and then secondly, the, a standard grocery bag contains about maybe 40 to 50 separate items uh, with all a relatively low average selling price which makes uh, handling costs quite expensive considering the, the, the low price of the actual items uh, delivered. Uh, but if we look back at the, the Nordic countries, we can see that Denmark and Sweden, uh, as they are doing with total online retail, are, are leading the forefront for online grocery shopping as well, uh, with about 2%, uh, shares of about 2% uh, each, while Norway and Finland lag slightly behind uh, with shares of about 1.5%. Uh, respectively. Or this means that the Swedes and Danes purchase groceries for about uh, 550 million euros and, uh, and uh, all, all in all of the Nordics uh, the figure goes about north of 1 billion euros. And, and presumably also when it comes to food retail it's, uh, it's a fresh produce that it's not as easily returnable as everything else that's, uh, uh, you know, that's not fresh. I know I wouldn't return an apple myself if if it went bad. No, right? exactly. There, there's there's that aspect of, of actually returns, how to handle that, and also handling expectations for consumers. Uh, when you look at the online web shops, usually if you look at fresh produce like vegetables and fruit, you'll see you'll see nice pictures of bananas or apples, and then it's very important for the online retailers to actually match those expectations and actually deliver uh, deliver yellow bananas and deliver green apples. Uh, so and as well, if if you would get uh, some fresh produce or some other products that don't live up to your expectations, how do you handle returns? And that's something that some of them are looking into, but obviously, it is a complicated aspect for groceries in particular. So, Johan, what do you think this means for retailers going forward? That's the big question, isn't it? And our view is that we should expect online migration uh, for retail sales to continue. Uh, and, and we've covered uh, the behavioral aspect of it, the demographical changes. Uh, we've, we've covered certain challenges like food retail for certain categories which need to be overcome with new solutions to allow for greater penetration. But looking at the, the trend line and, and seeing what the, 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 the change drivers are, it is very hard to reach any other conclusion that we should prepare for this to, to continue. Uh, and to try and, and quantify in some sort of way um, what we have done is an exercise where we've looked at the UK, which is one of the countries in Europe which has the highest online penetration for retail sales. Uh, and we've compared with the development we've seen in the Nordic region, and we can see from that that the, the development line is very, very similar, but the UK seems to be about four years ahead of the Nordic region in its development in, in this migration online. 
so taking that as a model for what's going to happen to penetration uh, likely in the Nordic region and then just extrapolating further out in time from that with a somewhat decelerating rate of growth in penetration as the years go by, we can take a view of what's a likely scenario on a sort of 10-year view. And, and, and looking at that, uh, and, and we think that there is a pretty good basis for, for making this comparison, and, and that gives some backing, some fundamental backing to arguing where penetration might go for online retail. Uh, we see from this exercise that the today's level of about 10% of total retail sales in the Nordic region being online could treble and reach uh, 30% uh, in 10 years' time. So by 2028, 30% of retail sales in, in, in Nordic region could, could very well be online. So clearly an opportunity out there to be pursued. So what should retailers think about and what can Erdia do to help our clients? Precisely. And, and, and there is, of course, uh, two sides to the coin. Uh, and, and, and this is no exception. And that means that if you're a retailer and you have an ambition, if you have a capacity, if you're able to develop, if you don't already have a platform for meeting your consumers, your customers online, there is a fantastic opportunity. Because if you look at this and break down the numbers, if, if you do believe in the scenario that the penetration will be 30% by 2028, that will mean that in the coming 10 years, the compound annual growth in, in revenue, retail sales, will be a very, very impressive uh, 12% uh, on, in, in the online space. Uh, and that's obviously a, a fantastic opportunity, potential opportunity to exploit for those retailers who can be meaningful in that space and, and establish and defend a position in it. Uh, if you are one of those retailers who don't happen to be there yet, uh, and if you don't really have any credible plans to establish a position there yet, you should probably have a, a long, hard think about what to do next. Because in your part of the business, that is the, the offline part of, of the retail sales, um, that's going to decline by 2% per annum in the coming 10 years on average. And, and, and that kind of prospect is well below what you would expect from GDP or industrial production or total private consumption growth. And, and, and that would require quite a bit of thinking in, in, in how to deal with it um, if you're in that starting point uh, looking at. And uh, what uh, can Nordea do to, to help our clients? Try and do everything we can where we can be relevant to support our uh, clients in, in, in the retail industry and elsewhere. And in the case of the retail industry, apart from uh, our potential opportunities to help on the advisory side of things in, in looking at where the industry is heading, if there is any need for structural change that corporates need to implement to make sure that they have a viable business for the years ahead. That's something we are, of course, more than happy to do. Uh, everything relating to funding and not least, which is also something that we mentioned in the report, for those online platforms, one critical component is naturally, uh, payment solutions. Because we also know that consumers are very, very sensitive to things working. Uh, if you're gonna shop online, you need to have a good customer experience. It needs to be convenient, it needs to be quick. And at Nordea, we have a dedicated team and resources working very, very actively within payment solutions for uh, online retail. Thank you. Um, Johan, Victor and Philip for shedding some light on this really game-changing trend. And to all of our clients out there, we encourage you to contact your relationship manager if you'd like to access the full report. And with that, thanks for listening to the Nerdy on Your Mind podcast. Thank you, Anna.